You're listening to the No Gray Areas podcast with Patrick McCullough. We welcome back Joseph N. Gagliano, author and creator of No Gray Areas. Joe provides advice on having an entrepreneurial mindset. Let's dive in. Joe, welcome back to the uh, No Gray Areas podcast, which is actually named after your book and the movie that we're making about your life story. Uh, and we're actually, let's, let's, before we even jump into the podcast about this entrepreneurial mindset, what we're going to talk about, we got to give a little update to the listeners on the movie, right? So sure. it's exciting. Are we just, uh, the script writers is jumping into the third rewrite? Yeah, we're, uh, that's pretty much been getting some really good reviews so far. Uh, we've had it out to a lot of professional screenwriters, uh, or reviewers, I should say. And, um, it's coming along nicely. We're starting pre-production. Uh, we're starting casting. Yeah. And ideally, we're looking at starting the shoot uh, third quarter this year. Oh, I'm, I'm really excited. I, I know I've told you this several times, but every time I read the script, and I've now read it four times, I get more excited about it. I mean, there's obviously some changes and some things that they're going to do to make it better, but uh, it's a fascinating story cautionary tale as we've talked about before a story about you know this just this idea of uh restoration redemption it's just it's a beautiful story so i can't wait to to see it on the well, big screen beautiful is something i haven't heard before it's it, it was a painful journey um i can tell you that much it's it's an intriguing story a cautionary tale is something i really embrace and i like to say because i think with my pain that i've gone through if we could help answer some questions or fill in some gaps for this, um, our youth today, that's a cool thing to do. And that's really the purpose behind what we're doing here when we're making this film. It's not visions of grandeur, having a film about your life or something. It's the purpose behind who we're doing it for and why we're doing Mm -hmm. it. And the partnership with Ambassadors of Compassion is a great, is a great cause. Trying to reach a million students with this. And like you said, if, if you could help uh, some young people not make the mistakes that you made when you were 22, 23, 24. Yeah. Mistakes that in some ways you're still paying for today. That's really your heart. And I love that you have that heart to share that. And and Stevan Headache Smith, who was part of it as well, him, him being part of that. So, well, let's jump into what we're going to talk about on this um, podcast today, the entrepreneurial mindset. Uh-oh. And, and I, you're perfect for this because I've always been fascinated by entrepreneurship. And I think a lot of my life actually worked with it in the social sector. You know, how do you solve issues. Okay. Um, you're, you're clearly from the business perspective on that. But at, the more I've gotten to know you, the more I realize you are just, when God created you, he created you with that entrepreneur mindset, that, that spirit. I first learned that about you. My very first trip I took with you, I was just asking you questions about your life. And uh, you, you, do you remember this? You started telling me about your, one of your first jobs, Baskin Robbins. Sure. And you got fired from it um, because you called, was it the wrestling team? Yeah. Yeah. I was on the wrestling team in high school and uh, the owner let me close the store that night. Yeah. It was, you know, January or February in, uh, in Chicago. And I had some teammates from the wrestling team come in and sure enough, the, the owner was in this car in the parking lot watching. So and I, he's watching the whole thing. Yeah. And I gave away some free ice cream to my friends. Mm-hmm thinking I was, you know, trying to be cool. I don't know if I was just trying to be their friend or whatever it was. I just didn't ring up a couple of them. And he fired me on the spot. Yeah. Fired yeah. me on the spot. And it was a great lesson in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, it's a lesson of integrity, yep. first and foremost. But um, it was also a lesson that, hey, I want to own that ice cream next time. I want to mm-hmm. own it. I don't want to have someone tell me what I can do and what I can give away. I want to own that. I want to be the owner of that store. So that was uh, something that 
I figured out at an early age. Well, and in, in most most of our listeners are listening. They're not watching, but if they're watching. They could see a huge smile on my face as you were telling that story because that's where I started getting inside of Joe Gagliano's head. Oh, God help me. <laughs> I know. It's messy in there, it messy. but it's fascinating in there because, uh, I, again, I don't think everyone would think of it that way. But that's where that entrepreneurial mindset came in is where it's like, hey, I don't, you know what, if I want to give away ice cream, I want to own the ice cream and then I get to decide if I want to give it away or not. Sure. That's a little bit of the entrepreneurial mindset. So I, I looked up the definition of entrepreneur and one of the first definitions I saw was a person who organizes and runs a business. A little lame because I think there's a lot of people that run a business. I, I don't agree with that. That could yeah. be a HR director in a company. It could be exactly. a, a manager of a of some type of industrial shop yep. is he's basically running the business but he has no risk yes that's why i like the next one a person who takes on greater than normal risks sure that's where we're starting it into an entrepreneur right You're correct like yeah. you didn't have a lot of risk when you were uh just running the ice cream shop for that manager no. you had some risk when you started giving away for free but that's, but the risk would be if you actually said i'm gonna own this ice cream yeah I, you know for me the true definition of an entrepreneur is the the guy that's going to jump off a cliff and figure out how to build an airplane on the way down. Mm. Um, you're just going to figure <laughs> yes. it out. If you, if you have a vision, um, you're going to figure it out. Yes. And you're going to put your head on the chopping block. You, me, I'm a, unfortunately, and my wife will tell you this and my kids will tell you this and people in my circle will tell you this. I'm a glutton for punishment. Mm. Um, I'm the type of knucklehead that'll jam that round peg into the square hole yeah. because I believe that peg was meant for that hole. Um, now, the good thing about an entrepreneur and taking on that type of risk is you only have to be right one time. Mm. And if you're right one time, it'll pay the dividends. Yeah, for sure. Well, you, uh, your life has been this way. I mean, from the time, again, you were in like high school when you started figuring yeah. that out a little bit and you've jumped off a lot of cliffs and tried to figure out how to build a plane on the way down, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's course, been yeah. consistently part of your life. But as two, I would say we're, we're two men of faith. Um, the reason that I, th I love this, this topic is because in the very first chapter of the Bible, we see where it says, in fact, the very first verse, it says, in the beginning, God created He's the ultimate entrepreneur. He created. And then a couple of verses later, we see where we were creating his image. So I think when people are living out that entrepreneur spirit, they're really living out the fingerprints of God in us as creators and inventors. So, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. I, I love that yeah, about that you, that, yeah. that I see that in you. So here's what I want to do. It's going to be a little different today. Okay. I, I just have a list of quotes about entrepreneurship. I'm going to read one of them, oh, and then gosh. I want you just to... To, to give dialogue on it. Um, okay. Might be one statement, might be a little bit longer. So here's let's, the first one. Let's see how this goes. Yeah. Okay. So uh, reject the tyranny of the picked, pick yourself. I'm going to bet on myself eight days a week, eight days a week. No one's going to control my destiny. Yep. Here's another one. The ship you are waiting to come in may very well be the ship you need to build. <laughs> Once again, it gets back to controlling your destiny. I mean, I'm going to wait for that ship that's going to be on time, may not be on time, may be oversold, may be overbooked. But if I build the ship myself, I'm going to take it whenever the heck I want to take it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Here's another one. Excellence isn't about working extra hard to do what you're told. It's about taking the initiative to do work you decide is worth doing. Okay. It's working 
working smarter, not harder. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll, hey, the working class, man, I've got a ton of mad respect for them. Yeah. Um, I could not do what they do. I, it's, I would fail miserably. But I looked on the flip side of that, they could not do what I do. Yep. Like, I will work smarter than the physical person will work harder. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know if that makes sense. It's certainly mm -hmm. not meant to be condescending at all, because what they do, I know I can't do. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, what I do, I know they probably can't do. So hopefully that makes sense. Can, can we throw a story in there on here, just that would work okay. perfect for it? Which one? Remember when you told me the story about... Um, when you own those car washes and that was sure. really backed up oh, that yeah, day. Gosh, Remember, yeah, yeah, tell that story because that that fits perfectly with what you're saying. Yeah, so I was really blessed. I had a great ride. We used to own all the chamois man car washes in town. You know, peak of operations, we had uh, 13, 14 sites at 600 plus employees. And I officed at the store on Hayden and Thomas in Scottsdale. I built that store and, and I had a second floor office up there. And the Saturday before Mother's Day, which Saturdays were usually, you know, the holy uh, grail in the business. Yeah. You better Everybody be washing car cars thing, on yeah. a Saturday or a Sunday. And it had rained on the Friday, which makes it even more glorious, right? Because cars are dirty. And then the Saturday before Mother's Day happened to be Cinco de Mayo. So, you know, oh. predominantly a Mexican crew, which I got mad love for the Mexican people. They are as loyal as can be. Yeah. If they're with you, they're with you. Yeah. I'm up in the office and I'm watching the cameras and I'm, I don't know what I was working up there doing some stuff. And, and all of a sudden I see cars like lined up around the block on Thomas road right yeah. there. So I go down there and I talk to my lead guy of uh, this kid, Alfonso, one of the first guys I ever hired. And he was down there and they were just so shorthanded. Nobody showed up for Cinco de Mayo. Right. So I said, okay, I'm going to help. Yeah. What a horrific idea that was. <laughs> and so I said, okay, I'm not going to really do anything hard. I'm just going to drive cars off the conveyor belt to the front of the line and take the towels out of the washing machine and bring them to the front of the line. Well, I'll tell you what, Pat, I probably lasted 10, maybe 12 cars. And I was like dripping sweat. It's May 5th, right? And yeah. I'm looking at this stuff. And I'm, I finally, I walk up to Alfonso. I said, hey, let's just close. <laughs> Let's, let's yeah. just close for the yeah. day. He said, Mr. Joe, we got this. Go up in your office again. <laughs> <laughs> he knew so where yeah, you belonged. Yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. knew exactly where my place was. And, yeah. and that gets back to what I can do up in the office was different than what these guys yes. can do down there. And I've got crazy respect for the working yeah. guys. It's not that one is right or wrong. It's, it's just no, how it, it's, really and how it's we're... It's just how you're wired. Yeah, it's how, how God wired. wired us to be. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Okay, here's another one. Here's another quote about entrepreneurship. It's not about having a map. Sometimes it's about drawing a map. Yeah, it's, it's you know, Pat, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. If, if, if there was a roadmap to success that all you had to do was follow the blueprints, I mean, everyone would obtain success. Yeah. It's just not. It's yeah. not. So, so, so an entrepreneur says, I'm going to go figure out how to draw the map. Figure it out. And yeah. along the way, you're, by the way, you're going to get kicked in the gut yeah. several dozen times. Yeah. Um, you're going to feel the depths of the rejection several dozen times. But well, as I said earlier, you only have to be right one time. Yeah. Which goes back to, you may draw the wrong map once, twice, three, oh, four, you're five, six times. You're Not going if, to. you're going to. No, yeah, you're definitely yeah. going to. You know, what I like to say is, especially for the younger kids that are out there that are have visions of being an entrepreneur, um, you're going to pay a lot of stupid tax along the way. Mm. 
a massive amount of super tax. And but if you could build people around you that have paid those debts already, has had paid that stupid tax, have navigated different waters um, as to what's good and what's bad, and hey, don't go down that road because there's there's a whole bunch of bumps down that road. And it's going to cause you a heck of a lot more pain. Go this way instead. You know, th- that's where we get around our circle. Who's yeah. our circle? Who are we looking up to? Who, who Who's guiding us? Yeah. And that's what's important. You know, it's interesting, that last point. We won't go down this road because we'll get off uh, topic here. But the last few guests we've had on our podcast have talked about this idea of making sure that you know who's in your circle. So it's interesting you, yeah. you're touching on and, something and, we're talking about. And you know what, Pat, it, you know, I'll be 54 here in 60 days, I think it is, hopefully. I know you just welcomed the 50 club. Yeah, I'm so in the 50 club with you. Congrats. Now. Yeah. I, I, and I was talking to my wife, Tracy, about this a couple of days ago, actually, because I was talking to someone who is in my circle, who I really care for. And on a personal level, he's got a heart of gold. Um, and a friendship level, I know I can count on him eight days a week. But sometimes he doesn't really get where, and a lot of people don't. And I finally, at the ripe old age of almost 54, I had this epiphany and I said to Tracy, I said, you know what? I'm finally coming to realize that most people don't really understand what the heck I'm saying. Hmm. She goes, you're just learning that now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's it's, like, I see it so clearly in my mind. It's like you and I talk about playing checkers or playing chess. Yeah. I'm constantly thinking down the road and playing chess where maybe some other people don't have that skill set and they're thinking about, hey, what do I want to have for breakfast tomorrow morning? I'm not even like there at all. I'm thinking, what's going to happen three, four steps down the road after breakfast? Well, and Joe, that brings up a great point. I think that's another piece of, of, of an entrepreneur mind is that you are always paying, playing chess. You're, you're thinking four or five moves down. And again, it's not right or wrong, but there's a lot of people that are task-oriented and they're thinking about the next thing I need yeah. to do. And they get a lot of work done. Yeah, but you know what, Pat? I, I also think it's a, it's a curse, honestly. Like, you know, even last night, here it is, 11 o'clock. I, I, I probably got two hours sleep last night. My mind never stops. Yes. And it's a curse. You know, I walk into a restaurant with my, I could be with my wife and my kids and my in-laws, people I really care about. I could be with my friends and we're going to have a nice dinner. We're going to have a couple bottles of wine. We're going to just be together, right? I can't sit there and enjoy the dinner. I got to think about, well, how many employees are in this place? Mm -hmm. What's their average, their average per plate? Um, How many hours they open? God, what are they, what's their rent per square foot in this 5,000 square foot establishment? And I start breaking down business models in my mind. No matter if it's in a restaurant, no matter if By the end of dinner, you franchised that out, haven't you? (laughs) Yeah. I said, how can we do this bigger, better, and better? Yeah. yeah. Um, And and that's a flaw that I have. I'm I'm breaking down models all the time to try to understand revenue versus expenses, you know, Mm -hmm. where are they doing here? Where are they suffering? Where can they improve? And why can't I just go have dinner Mm -hmm. with my family and friends? You know, almost every entrepreneur I've met, it's the same thing, though. Yeah. They're like, I can't turn my brain off. I yeah. can't turn my brain. I can't turn it off. So I've heard that. That that must be uh, another consistency with entrepreneurs. It's a curse. Well, <laughs> it's a curse. <laughs> Here, here's another one. People who make a difference never wait for just the right time. They know that it will never arrive. The right time will never arrive. It, it, it's never going to come. You know, it's just like when young couples get married, they say, well, we want to have a family, but we have to wait for this. We have mm-hmm. to wait for this. We have to get... 
know, we want two and a half kids. We want a white picket fence around the house. Uh, it's never going to happen. Well, if I only had 50,000 in the bank, then we can go ahead and have kids. Okay, here's a yeah. newsflash. You get that 50,000 in the bank, then it's, you're going to move the goalposts to say, yeah. I got to have 100,000 in the bank. Or I, 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 you know, we're really blessed to live in this 2,000 square foot home, but gosh, I can't bring a kid into this world with a 2,000 square foot home. I, gotta, I need a 3,000 square foot yeah. home. It's never going to be the right time. The goalpost is always going to move. So, yeah, hopefully. So the entrepreneur says, I'm, like you said, to use the analogy you used earlier, I'm jumping off the cliff and I'm going to figure out how to build this as we go. Dude, I'm ripping the Band-Aid off. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm going in. I'll take the body punches along the way because I'm a glutton for punishment. Yeah. yeah. Okay, how about this one? I, I like this. Um, this, is, this. This dates us, but it's a movie we both saw. Mickey is saying this to Rocky. And he says, the worst thing happened that could happen to a fighter, you got civilized. Now, I put that in my entrepreneur folder because I think that's sometimes how entrepreneurs work is they're uncivilized. You really dug deep for this stuff, didn't I you? Did. Wow, you're, I did. you're going back to the 70s with Rocky here, right? <laughs> yes. Wow. that's imp You know what I think of when you say that, Pat? I think of success should not change a person. I, you know, um, hmm. Jay-Z said more money, more problems. Yeah, that, that's probably true. But success should not change a person. Um, how you get success defines the person that you were to get success. If you've done it with honor and integrity and everything else, and I, I'm going to preface it that way, but just because you obtain success doesn't mean you should change. You know, and, and, and the biggest thing, I know I've said this to you before, but I'll make sure I could say it here on, on tape as well, but it, gets, it, it, it aligns perfectly with disciplines in life. Disciplines in life, no matter what you're doing on a business level, whether it's business disciplines, whether it's trading disciplines, whether it's gambling disciplines, whatever it may be. So I liken it to if you're a, a blackjack player mm -hmm. and you go to Vegas and you have success playing blackjack and you're a consistent player where you play $100 a hand and you have disciplines that you're following, whereas that... If that dealer turns over a face card or um, a 10 and you've got a six, you're going to hit it because you know overwhelming odds are that dealer is going to have a 20 and you're going to have a six, 16, and, and you're, it's a loser. So when you're playing a $100 hand and you always hit a six, then what happens when that same person who has success playing $100 a hand now jumps to the $1,000 table? Hmm. And now all of a sudden the money starts dictating that person's success or that person's disciplines. So when that same person gets, he's got a thousand dollar bet out there and that six comes and now all of a sudden he's scared or she's scared and second guessing whether or not he sh she or he should hit that, that, that hand. My response to that is you've got no reason to even be playing the game. Mm. If the money is going to dictate how you play the game or change your disciplines, you have no reason to play the game. So it's just what Mickey said to Rocky in that movie. Yeah. You, you went and got civilized. Yeah. What you got civilized, you this. changed because the money changed Rocky. Yep. But when Rocky got humbled, yeah. when what uh, Uncle Paulie or his brother-in-law Paulie or whoever it was lost everything mm -hmm. in the last one, when mm -hmm. Rocky got humbled, he got back to who he was. Yep. yep. Yeah, Rocky Four, where he goes and he starts training like he did in the first one. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. 
Okay, so let's go back from the 70s. We're going to go back even further. Oh, gosh. Here's another quote. Sooner or later, Orville and Wilbur Wright had to jump in the plane and fly it. You can't keep things in the incubator forever. Man, you can keep draw, going back to the drawing board. You, you get to these tech guys that are just always incubating new tech. And, and the market will always tell you what's going on. So if you got a concept, you got a thought, bring it to market. The market will always speak what's going on. Whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, you'll know pretty quickly. Mm. As long as you could protect the rights and make sure it's not going to get stolen or pilfered from you and everything else. But there's no reason to keep things in the box all day long. Just yeah. bring it out to market. Let the market tell you what you're going to do with it. That's good. Uh, here's another one. If you always fit in, you are probably expendable. <laughs> Dude, these are great. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's What's going to make you stand out? I mean, you're going to work for a corporate America, and uh, a corporate America has there's a hundreds of thousands of kids coming out of college yeah. that are all in that same that same demographic, that same group, the same look. They're going to wear their fresh tie to the interview. They're going to wear their their new suit to the interview. They're going to put their best foot forward, but there there's nothing that's going to differentiate them. Mm -hmm. Oh, do you want yep. to be in the masses? Yep. Some people do, and that's great. I, I can't even get my mind around that. <laughs> yeah, I know you can't. I know that. Okay, you're going to love this one. This is a quote by Alexander Graham Bell. And the reason you're going to love it is because I hear you give a similar quote often. Uh, Bell said this, When one door closes, another door opens, but we often look so long and so regretfully upon the closed door that we don't see the ones which opened for us. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, you have a window yeah. quote you use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I always say, you know, God closes the door but opens up a window. Yep. You just got to find the flipping window. Yep. He's never going to leave you alone. He, he's, he's always going to be there. I know he's always been there for my life, mm -hmm. even with all these crazy pitfalls that I've gone through. But um, yeah, you just got to find the window. Yeah. And that's an entrepreneur mindset. Without a doubt. Which, which I think, again, some people are wired as entrepreneurs, some aren't. But I think there's things that we can learn from entrepreneurs that we all need to do. And that would be one of them, wouldn't it? Yeah, it, it, you know, something else I like to say all the time, Pat, it's never on our time, but it's always on time. Mm -hmm. We can take these body blows. We can get kicked in the gut. Things may not go the way we planned, but God's up there looking down at us saying, he's laughing at our plan. Our plan is meaningless. He's got the plan. We're just a steward while we're on this earth for, the, for maybe we get a, a few blessings, maybe we don't get blessings, whatever it is. But our plan is meaningless. You know yeah. that as well as yeah. I do. Well, since we're making a movie uh, right now, let me quote from a movie. Uh, this is a quote from Moneyball. The oh, first gosh. one through the wall always gets bloody. Always. Uh, well, it's it's certainly not easy to pave your own path. You know that as well as I do. Yeah. Just because everyone's doing something doesn't necessarily make it right. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you got to zig instead of zagging. And it's painful. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here's, a, here's one by Henry Ford. You can't build a reputation on what you are going to do. But you could lose a reputation pretty darn quickly. Um, I'll tell you that much. And, and I'm, I'm the poster child for that. That's for sure. I mean, mm -hmm. as much good as I think I, my heart tells me to do in this world, as much good as I think I may have done in this world, I, I'm always the convicted felon that did because I didn't have the, the moral compass dialed in at the young age of 23 years old to say no to something. So as, as much as he said, you know, the, about building a reputation, 
I flipped a script on that immediately that, hey, you could lose it right away. You yeah. could lose it faster than it took you to build it. Yeah. And I think you bring up a great point, um, especially for anybody, but especially with entrepreneurs, if you're not careful and you're not grounding that entre entrepreneur mindset in integrity and honesty and those type of things, those character qualities, you can get yourself in a mess real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, this one touches on something you've already mentioned. Uh, another quote, when it comes to entrepreneurship, the concept of zero failures is worth Worse than useless. It's counterproductive. <laughs> You're gonna fail. Mm -hmm. there, there's no doubt about it. I mean, there's a few of those unique, unique situations where people went out there and, you know, stepped in in gold from from day one. Um, but that's more than likely not going to happen. Yeah. That that and that's again. This goes way beyond entrepreneurship. But isn't that a truth that? We need to try to get our young people to understand is they're coming up in life. They're starting to think about their futures, whatever, that it's not if you fail, it's when. It's when. And that's the beauty of the entrepreneurial mindset at a young age where, where you get these kids that graduate college or they don't graduate college. They go try to go into the workforce right out of high school and they're just laser focused on, I got to get a good job. I got my resume doing this. And, and that's fine. But the, the, the rub that I have with that is that what they have on their side versus what someone like me or not so much you because you're younger. Um, barely. Yeah, barely is right. They don't, I, we don't have the time on our side to make a mistake. No, I, 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 when I we get were what you're saying. 18, 20, like when I talk to your son Kyle all yes. the time, it's, I say, Kyle, don't be afraid to make a mistake because mm -hmm. you know what's the worst thing that could happen? You fail? But you got so much time to figure it out because over. it's the def it's the quasi definition of insanity. If you if you fail, but yet you've learned something. If you could take away a nugget or two, and learned and not duplicate that same mistake again, you will your your chances of obtaining success are greater. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Maybe you don't have success at the age of twenty one. Maybe you get kicked in the gut a few times, but. Maybe you get kicked in the gut again on your second entrepreneurial venture at 25. But now you're a little wiser at 27. And you know what? You failed three times in a row, but gosh, your fourth time at the age mm -hmm. of 30, you got some good background behind you. You've yeah. got the right people around you. You've got some great experiences that you've learned from in the past. And your chances of success are greater at that yeah. point because they had time on their side. Yeah. If all of a sudden you or I go out and try to become an entrepreneur at the age of 50, because I'm gonna leave my corporate job that I've had for 20 years, that's paying me every Friday, and I feel warm and fuzzy with it, and now I've got, I'm gonna try to go take my nest egg that I've made for 20 years working for corporate America to try to go open up a business, and he fails at the age of 55 or 56? Yeah. He's in trouble. A little harder. That to person's start over. in trouble. Yeah. 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 He's hoping for Social Security to kick in pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that brings up a great point that um, the, the less runway you have in front of you, yeah. the, the less you're probably going to be willing to risk. No, without a doubt. Yeah. 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 Um, I think you'll resonate with this one. Entrepreneurs are always restless. No, 100%. My mind doesn't stop. And, and, and I truly believe I personify an entrepreneur because- Yeah, you do. I, it, every- different nuance is I'm a, I don't want to say a 30,000 foot guy, but I'm probably a 10,000 foot guy where I've learned to trust in a lot of people around me that are detail guys. Mm. 
that you know I get a fifty page contract with me, I'll I I've got so much trust in some attorneys that mm-hmm. just read it. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure these bullet points are in there, but just read it because yeah. I don't want to read it. Yeah, but um, yeah. Always restless. Always um, restless. Two more, two more. And these are <laughs> these are so Joe. You could almost say Joe Gagliano and then have this quote underneath it. Oh, boy. Either you're in or you're in the way. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Dude, you're either with me or you're not. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. But I will say at the age of 53, I'm a lot more patient, which you've seen me go ballistic, right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm saying I'm patient now... Just imagine how impatient I was really earlier. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I've matured a lot, yeah. Pat, which yeah. is doesn't really that say good, much. Though. No, that's good Be- because I don't have, I don't have tolerance. If 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 I, that's, tolerance is probably a bad word, but I don't have patience if I think someone's on my team, but then they're not committed. Yeah, yeah. You're either in or you're out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs that are listening would go, yeah, yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Like, you, we're, we're going, we can do this. We can take this hill. Are you with me? Or are you, are you in, the, or if you're not, get Yeah, but you bus. know, the thing of it is there's certainly not an entrepreneur out there that can claim a hundred percent success for what they accomplished. Even if it was a guy that had a gizmo or a gadget or some type of intellectual property that he created yeah. himself, he still had to rely on the trademark attorneys, the patent attorneys, the attorneys in some capacity, the accountants. It's a collective team effort, no matter yeah. what it is. So if you're, if that team is not all in with you, if that team's questioning you or questioning your vision or questioning your moral compass, it may be, uh, I don't want them on my team. And I don't think too many people that are, I don't think anyone that's successful is going to want someone that's not committed. That's true. Yeah. If someone went and read uh, the book about Steve Jobs or watched the movies about Steve Jobs, you know, one of the extreme entrepreneurs, they would find exactly what you're saying. Yeah. It wasn't just him. Yeah. It, there was a team. It was a group of them. Yeah. And that, he was ruthless. He, he didn't. Oh, yeah. He didn't tolerate much yeah, of anything. Yeah, you talk about either you're in the way, or, or you're either you're in or in the way. Yeah, that would be him. Without a doubt. And and he matured some over his his time as well. But all right, last one. Uh, we've all been told to not bite off more than we can chew, but wouldn't you rather choke on greatness than nibble on mediocrity? <laughs> you know, I, I I think about security, and I think about security in. The false sense of security, I should say. So tying in what we talked about with entrepreneurial, entrepreneurism and um, being an entrepreneur and, and a sense of security. It's a false sense of security. So you go out and get a job. Hmm. You, you go out and get a job and uh, you get a paycheck every Friday. And you feel this warm sense of security that, man, I... I just had to wake up at eight o'clock. I had to be at the office at nine. I had to punch my clock out at five. I had to go home Monday through Friday. And I got that check on the end of Friday. I got that check every Friday. And that's great. That's what makes this country what it is. And this country's flipping amazing. Mm-hmm. The hardworking people that make this country go. But it's a false sense of security yes, because the co- people that own that business, now granted, there's going to be a relational stuff there. There's going to be people that are vital to the company. But if that guy got, if that ownership wanted to downsize or their business wasn't pertinent anymore or valuable anymore, or they 
hit some type of skids what a lot of these companies did during COVID or somebody wanted to buy them, what do you have left? Yep. So I, it's, it's a false sense of security because you're getting a paycheck every Friday or twice a month, whatever yeah. it may be, um, rather than the entrepreneurial mindset that's going to control your own destiny. Yeah. You're going to sink and swim on your own fruition. You know, it's like owning a house instead of renting a house. Okay. That yeah. landlord can't wake up one day and say, gosh, I'm going to get my tenant out of there because my, my niece needs a place to live in Arizona. And then what are you stuck with? If you're the renting that house, you're stuck with trying to find a new place or battle some landlord in court and good luck on that. Yeah. So it, it's the same thing where, you know, it, it, if you're working for a company and you enjoy what that company's doing, why not try to do it yourself? Yeah. And I don't know, Pat, it's, a lot of people may not agree with that. It's just, I don't agree with someone else that doesn't agree with uh, it. Yeah. Well, and that's why I'm smiling. Again, those that are watching see me smile really big when you said that because you're like, why not go do it yourself? It's that's exactly the entrepreneurial right. mindset. Exactly and again, this this has been a, a, a school, like maybe 30 minutes or whatever we've been on here. Uh, all the listeners just got uh, 30 minutes schooling in oh, entrepreneurship, gosh. and it's great. But again, it's it's part of the fingerprints of God on how he made you. Uh, again, the Bible starts with, in the beginning, God created. Mm. He created you in his image, yeah. and you as an entrepreneur are a creator and inventor. And it's one of the things I love about you, Joe. So thanks for sharing some of those ideas it, and thoughts with us. I know we all learned something. Thanks, Joe. You got it. Thanks for listening to the No Gray Areas podcast. To dive deeper into the story, be sure to subscribe, follow us on social media, and check out nograyareas.com.